0: This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Jolan Sami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit.
1: America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at AmericasRT.com. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, AmericasRT.com. Welcome to America's Roundtable.
0: Good morning and welcome to America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. And this weekend, we are truly honored to welcome a great American patriot and a tireless warrior for freedom and the rule of law, Congressman Mike Bost. Sworn into office on January 6, 2015, Congressman Mike Bost is continuing the fight for the values of Southern Illinois, the values of America's heartland in Washington, a fight he began in the U.S. military, then as a first responder and a local job creator and a state representative. In the 180th Congress, Congressman Bost is chairman of the Veterans Affairs Committee and serves on the Transportation and Infrastructure and Agricultural Committees. He is a U.S. Marine Corps veteran who served our nation with honor, and it is truly a great honor to welcome you once again to America's Roundtable. A very good morning and welcome, Congressman Bost.
1: Welcome, Chairman Bost.
0: Go touch. It's wonderful to see you. Well, I should say officially Chairman Bost, across America, this weekend we shall take time and reflect on a Veterans Day, which comes just one day after the Marine Corps birthday on November 10. And happy birthday, Marine Corps.
2: Yes, yeah, I'm wishing a lot of my friends happy birthday. Uh, We look pretty good for 248. The Marines are pretty big on their birthday. They celebrate it right. We'll have a, uh, actually on Saturday night, we'll have here in DC, we'll have a Marine Corps ball, and uh, we want to keep our commandant in. Our prayers, he, a week and a half ago, had a heart attack. We, we, if you'll just keep him in the prayers. But uh, we're still going to have our Marine Corps birthday. And matter of fact, my son, Lieutenant Colonel, and my his wife and my wife will be joining me here in D.C. for that.
1: Wonderful. Uh, Chairman Bost, on this day, we, Americans, stand united, celebrate and honor America's veterans for their patriotism, love of country, and willingness to serve and sacrifice for the great cause of freedom and to preserve our Constitution. The tremendous sacrifice made by generations of women and men who have served our nation are remembered and cherished. In Europe, America's allies are commemorating Armistice Day in the commonwealth known as Remembrance Day, marking the end of World War I and remembering all those who gave their lives in service to their country since 1914. Uh, Chairman Bost, your family's heritage, as you just mentioned, is extraordinary, with several generations serving our nation with valor. Could you kindly share with us about your family's service to our nation and what does this day mean to your fellow veterans and to our nation?
2: Well, let me explain that, that my father and his brothers were uh, army during the Korean War. Uh, My grandfather, my mom's dad, uh, was actually Navy during the Second World War and then he passed after he came home. uh, he He was killed in an accident and then my grandmother, the remarried, the grandfather I knew, he was a Marine in Korea. My uncle on that side of the family was a Marine in Vietnam. Uh, he himself was uh, ended up being 100% disabled uh, in in Vietnam. A U.S. mortar round went up off behind him, and uh, he has peripheral vision loss. But he has had a very successful life thanks to the care uh, and the, and the benefits he's received from the VA. Now, then I served during peacetime, but during the Iran hostage situation and all of that was going on. That's when I joined. Um, I was an electronic specialist, radar repairman. My son, who's a lieutenant colonel today. Uh, is now a reserve lieutenant colonel. He was active for many years. Uh, he is a, a judge advocate uh, and actually uh, has been an instructor for many of the legal schools in in the, the Marine Corps and the Navy, and uh, now is actually a setting judge, not only at home, but also in the Corps. Then my grandson, my daughter's son, not my son's son, he is today a corporal in Miramar, California, and he, he works on F-18s. So... It is, it is a family, but it's not just our family. It is also the family that you have in each branch of the service, the camaraderie that you know, the the, the things that you've seen, the people that served with you, you remember them the rest of your life. And, and, and you know and saw things, I saw things that, that I had in my training and stuff like that. But many of our our veterans, and that's why it's so important, they put themselves in harm's way. And they've seen a lot of stuff that they don't want to talk about. OK, we, we, we live in a world where we say, oh, you got to talk about this. or you got to talk about this. No, they need to be handled correctly. We're constantly looking in VA. So here's the best way to describe it. Department of Defense does their job and their job is to train men and women to work through those jobs. But with those jobs comes a lot of physical and mental Pain and hurt that last after you leave the Department of Defense, after you leave your time at service. I refer to it as the VA is vitally important because DOD breaks things. We try to bring them back to where they were prior to being involved in their military service to try to heal them and or provide them with mental health, medical care, whatever uh, that allows them that opportunity to have the most successful life they possibly can. And why do we do that? Because they allow us to have the most successful life we can have by making sure our nation remains free.
0: Mm-hmm. Chairman Boss, you've really stated it so well, is the fact that We as Americans have a great responsibility and caring for our veterans, those that have made the ultimate sacrifice for their families, for individuals that have served so faithfully. And you have been a pioneer in reforming the process as well. The Veterans Administration has gone through a lot of changes, and uh, you wrote earlier this year about the reforms that are needed. In an op-ed that you wrote earlier this year with Majority Whip Um, You wrote about the significance of advancing reforms and holding to account the Veterans Administration, and I quote, the VA's budget has increased from $50 billion in 2002 to more than $300 billion in 2023. That's 500% over the past two decades. That's and this suggests the problem is not one of funding, but rather one of administration. Correct. And then you go on to say, the GOP has always prioritized veterans in budget negotiations, but this administration, especially the VA secretary, seems to be laser focused on the bureaucracy rather than the veterans veterans it serves. This needs to change. Instead of debating how much funding the VA gets, we need to discuss how the VA is spending its funding and whether or not these funds are actually helping veterans, unquote. Correct. Could you just elaborate on what you're doing sure. through this process and how that's making a difference for veterans?
2: Well, let me explain to you. We're trying to modernize a system throughout the VA. And I'm going to tell you that There's a statement around our committee and also at the people who have to work with the VA. And when you're talking about a VA hospital, we make a statement that says, if you've seen one VA, you've seen one VA. Because we have very, very good ones and we have some that are not so good. And and that's why we have to make sure we go in and do oversight To make sure they're making the wise investments. Right now we're having a terrible problem and I've had for several years with the electronic health records. We've only got five facilities we've tried to turn up and each time that the facility itself ends up going into poor morale. The systems don't work. People miss their appointments. People don't get appointments for some critical things. So we've got to give oversight to that. We've also got to get oversight to the fact that, that we make sure that our VAs, and this has been going on for about 15 years, our fastest group of veterans is our women veterans. Our fastest growing growing group of veterans are our women veterans. So we're trying to make the facilities, believe me when I say 15 or 20 years ago, most woman, women would not feel comfortable going into the VA. It was like an old boys club and everything like this. We have to make sure that the needs of the health care for women is right there and available and the, that our ve- women veterans feel comfortable going mm. and, and, and using the services that are there. So we do that. We're turning up the electronic record. We're We're trying to modernize, but at the same time, let me tell you some positive things that the VA is doing um, right now. We are uh, working uh, and, and they have been doing the studies on exoskeletons. Exoskeletons allow para, para and quadriplegics to actually walk. Uh, and we're working on the science of that. And there are several that matter of fact, I was with uh, at an event just last night uh with a a young lady that i met in 2018 when she was just finishing up how to get used to her exoskeleton and she was at at that time and just finished a uh, 5k uh when you have to have somebody there to stabilize but but she walks she's up she feels as normal as can be with that particular situation and out in uh seattle washington where the the approvals so they can start using it. They are now actually taking and if let's say if someone is wounded, whether it's in battle or whether and, and, and they have a section of bone that's badly shattered and normally they would either amputate or they would they would know that they had to lose leg because they couldn't replace the bone. Well now they will take and go in de- figure out what the bone needs to be, remove the particles of bone, they can then take 3D image the, the what the bone needs to look like. They take a special calcium other chemicals and then they take the fatty tissue of the person that they're trying to work on and they mix this all together in a loose compound and they run it through a 3D printer and they print a bone. Wow. And they put the bone in and it's growing living bone. And so then the the leg would, or the limb whichever limb it is would grow back together and it be as normal as possible. These are the type of things that VA's research is doing, and it's just
0: wonderful absolutely yeah, it's so commendable in the work that is being done and through your leadership making a difference in the everyday lives of veterans and chairman Bost, we recall your important speech which you delivered on capitol hill at the u.s israel leaders summit in june of this past year affirming Israel's sovereignty as america's closest ally when it celebrated its 75th birthday its anniversary and since then this region has really Uh, regressed into a great difficult period of time. Today, America's closest ally, Israel, is facing its worst days since the Holocaust, which murdered six million Jews. And we now have 1,400 Jews, including Americans who were brutally murdered, tortured, women raped, and children literally hacked in front of their parents. So it's hard to even fathom the pure evil that people witnessed and saw. Chairman Bost, what is your message to Israel and the citizens of the Jewish state and to Jewish communities in America and around the world?
2: It is a message that I think I gave in a teletown hall earlier this week when I had someone that was asking a question and she proceeded to tell about uh, the atrocities in Gaza. Uh, not in israel but in gaza and 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 spoke that that israel and i told her i said let me explain something to you what happened with hamas is nothing but a terrorist act and the israelis as well as the americans who have been killed and or taken hostage we need to we will stand with israel we will stand with israel every day and if you think that we should tell Israel not to respond and drive Hamas completely out of Gaza? That's a wrong thought. The right thought is we encourage Israel to move forward in the way that Israel does because they are a caring, compassionate, yet a fighting force to be reckoned with. And they will move forward and should move forward. The difference between the free nations, the United States and Israel. We put our military and our military leaders out in front to protect our children, our elderly, and our civilians. Hamas does just the reverse. They put their civilians, their children, they're needy in the hospitals, they're needy in their daycare centers, and they put their headquarters underground under these facilities. Why? Because that protects the leaders by using the citizenry to do it. That is the description of evil. So my statement is, as far as our regard to Israel, they're our best friends. They're our best allies. We stand with them. Now, Hmm. they have asked us and they they have told us we don't need boots on the ground, but we can give them the support. And we have to make sure that the Iron Dome is fully charged, that the David sling is ready to go, that that, that the upper level uh, systems are also there to make sure that Israel can protect itself in Israel. And then they can move forward with driving Hamas out of Gaza truly wiping the leadership
1: out of Hamas. Uh, Chairman Bost, for over 40 years, Iran's regime has been vowing to destroy Israel and has been funding its proxies in the Middle East to wage the war against Israel. So Iran's regime is funding, training and providing support to terrorist group Hamas in Gaza, Hezbollah in Lebanon and Houthis in Yemen, who have all been targeting Israel with rockets and missiles since October 7. Uh, the history of attacks by Hamas and Hezbollah on Israel predate the recent attacks. So Iran's proxies have been attacking our US bases in Iraq and Syria to accomplish Iran's second objective, to drive the United States out of the region. On the other side, the successful Abraham Accords of Arab countries normalizing their relations with Israel came to a halt because of Iran-backed Hamas attack on Israel. Uh, Chairman Bost, what are your thoughts about next steps towards Iran? What should America and its allies do about it?
2: We know this is all funded by Iran. We know that. We know that uh, their involvement throughout the region is nothing new. I told you that whenever I went and joined the Marine Corps, I, you said it was over 40 years ago, and it was 40 years ago whenever I joined the Marine Corps. Why? Because the Iran hostage situation was going on. It had just started. Okay. Ever since then, they have been a feeder of terrorist cells. Because that is the way they work, by using t- terror. And, and their only option and their only want is to completely drive out anyone who has a Christian faith, anyone who is of Jew- Jewish descent, and, and they want region, if not world dominance. And they're going to do everything they can to try to get, to achieve that. That's why we also have to be aware that we need to hold hold them accountable with the um all of the sanctions need to be put back on. No money should be returned to them because I'm going, I'm guaranteeing you that they will be trying to, to be a nuclear Iran at a very fast pace at a very in a very short time. And if we don't do our due diligence as the United States to make sure that we keep stability in the region, we should have never. Just so you know, when we when we pulled out of Afghanistan, when we lost our air forward air base, we lost the forward position that we actually needed. Now, does that mean we can't get it back or we can't uh, we can't use our intelligence to, to monitor? Yes, we can. But remember, what happened to Israel was they what they've learned is. They don't use cell phones. They, they use couriers. They go back to 1970s and that type technology and beat us with old technology because we're not we don't have boots on the ground. Mm. Anytime you don't have boots on the ground in the country where you can actually get that inside intelligence, it puts us in a vulnerable position. I tell you, also, we shouldn't be worried. And we've got to make sure that, that we monitor closely since we don't have a southern border secure. We don't know how many of these terrorists have come across that southern border and where their cells might be. We have good intelligence officers. We have very good people that know how to search this type of thing out. But they're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed because there's so there's no control at our borders. So as we're dealing with Israel and all that Hamas is doing there, Iran is feeding others other groups around this world and terrorist organizations, because they don't just stop there. They're going to go anywhere they can, because that's the way they work. Mm.
0: Chairman Mike Boss, we certainly thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us today. Any final words that you have for our fellow Americans?
2: Let me say this for the 10th. Happy birthday, Marines. And let me also say this for the 11th. Happy Veterans Day. Enjoy the time with your family. Thank you for your service. And thank you for allowing us to have the free nation that we have.
0: Thank you so much, Chairman Bost. God bless you and God bless you, dear family.
1: Thank you, Chairman Bost. God bless. Thank
0: you for having me on with you. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Jolad and Sami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Serdorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit.
1: America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. China. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcast, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. americasrt.com Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at AmericasRT. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com.